All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. Thank you for joining us here on a beautiful Friday morning in January 2023, Tim. It's a fantastic year so far. How you doing in North Carolina? That was great, John. You sound like a real radio host or something. That was very professional. I do listen to some videos. And it's funny because now on YouTube, it's like all you do is watch videos of people talking about other videos. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or reacting, yeah. Yeah. And so I got on a kick of listening to a couple people, and it's just like they're screaming into the microphone all the time. I'm just like, why are you yelling? Just talk normal. And I just didn't like it. So I just got to thinking, am I just yelling in the microphone all the time? <laughs> and I think I probably am. So I'm going to try Sometimes. to calm it. I'm going to calm it down. Well, especially at the beginning. I'm going to calm it down a little bit. Hello, everybody. Yeah, I got to relax. It just is startling. You know what was startling to me? Did you catch the Carolina Hurricanes uh, Twitter account by any chance last night? I, I saw it. I saw it. Did you see friend of the show, newest friend of the show, Seth Jarvis and Derek Stepan, literally about to step on the ice for warmups, chatting about dropping the gloves and the big guy here? Did you see that? Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I watched it three times. I was like, that's pretty stinking neat. I like, I, uh, I, I just paused. I was like, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Talking about us like right before they step on the ice. I know. I like that. Well, not only that they talked about us, but that's the clip that uh, the hurricane shared with, with a 20 second clip mentioning your name. And they posted that. Like, I love that. We're going to get dozens of more listeners. It's insane. The, 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 the Carolina, Carolina hurricane market is massive, especially with that. You're there. It's going to become a drop in the gloves market soon. It's cool. It's cool stuff. They're not talking about uh, any other shows, Tim. They're talking about us. They're talking about us. Speaking of, did you see Jack Edwards went on Cam and Strick? No. I've been asking that guy to come on the show for years. And he goes, on. he doesn't like me. He doesn't <laughs> no, like he doesn't. You don't like him, him either. And, him and Mike Milbury, two guys <laughs> I've asked to come on the show multiple times. No response. Did you listen to it? No, I don't listen to that trash. Just kidding. <laughs> I, I, I did not listen to it, but I can only imagine he was pulling a Skip Bayless and just like defending himself and saying, I don't do anything wrong and all this jazz. So 
He's a clown, that Jack Edwards. You can you you cannot like him with your Boston Red Sox hat. Uh no, I do like him, but I I understand the criticism, especially now that I listen, I watch more games in different markets and see the different analysts. It's like, yeah, he's very much a Bruins homer. I used to like think people were haters when they said that. Because uh, the only other guy I would watch is uh, Doc Emmerich. But now, yeah. no, he totally is. And he's very much exaggeration, very much everything's through Bruins filter. But that's why people love him for it in New England. And I think he leans into it a little bit where he he just gaslighting everybody. So if there's a fight and no punches are landing, all of a sudden the Bruins guy turned into Mike Tyson under and over and under and over. Get this guy some help in there. He's on the ropes. And it's just like, Jack, no one's landed a punch. So just drop it down a few notches. Did you see the Bruins fight last night? Trent Frederick and Brendan Lemieux. No, uh, it was actually a good one. pretty good one. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, probably clear winner, but they were really throwing. And, and Frederick said like he had asked them earlier and, and he said, no, and then he asked him again. He's like, he was running around a little bit, and I don't like him. So I said, sure, let's we'll give him a fight. Who won? If you were going to have – don't Jack Edwards this. Who won? Uh, a tie. I, probably Frederick, but I, don't, I only watched it once. I don't have it in front of me. Um, the thing with fights these days, you watch not a lot of connection in the punches, really. If there's a fight that lasts 30 seconds, on average, 30 to 40 punches are thrown – maybe two or three land. Would you agree? Yeah. Well, they're afraid of either slicing their hand open or getting hurt. And here's where I don't want to sound like I have, you know, rose colored glasses. When I used to play and fight, I felt like I landed half of my punches. Now, not all of them are bombs. Not all of them are like breaking faces, but they're connecting with a head or a helmet. Now they're just like missing. Totally missing. And I feel like when I fought, like when I fought Frazier McLaren, I felt like 100% of his punches landed on my face. <laughs> like, I don't think he missed one. And the same with uh, Karkner. I felt like he just teed off on me every time we fought. Georgie broke my nose. Like, punches were landing. Colton Ord found my breadbasket, knocked me out. Justin Johnson, Alaskan assassin. Poink, you don't see many punches landing anymore. That's what I'm saying. So I'll go back and watch it. I didn't see the fight, but friend of the show, Brendan Lemieux. Good. Another friend of the show, Seth Jarvis. You, maybe one of the best interviews, maybe the best one we've done. Tell like what 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 do you, it's been 48 hours. What are your what are your thoughts on the kid? <sighs> He's just normal. I here's what I took away. Great kid, super normal, down to earth, loves hockey. I almost came away from it. I was like, man, he seems lonely. Because we asked him, I'm like, what do you do? He's like, I just go to dinner and go to the rink. And I'm take sure naps. he does other stuff. I yeah. take naps. Because I'm like, what's your hobbies? And you could tell his facial expression. He's just like, I don't really have it. And I didn't have hobbies playing at all. But he's in the NHL at 20 years old. So it's a different world. When I was 20, I was just entering university. I was a freshman. I was like doing two-story beer box. You know what I mean? Like it's a different, he's a, no one experiences what he's experiencing, but I love the interview. I absolutely love this kid. I think he's going to play for 16 to 20 years. He'll be the captain of the hurricanes for 10 years. 
and he'll have multiple Stanley Cups. Because I think I Carolina so. is a well, it's a well-run organization, and they've opened up the piggy bank. They got a good coach, good GM, good system there. Man, I, I like I like the Hurricanes. But I don't know. What did you think of the interview? Best one we've ever done? It's up there. If it's not the best, it's certainly one of the top three or so. I said this the other day. It's the first time that we ended an interview when I was like, man, I want that kid on my team. Like your fantasy team or your any team. Like any team. like he's a coach's dream. He's a GM's dream. Like he, he works hard. He believes, and he's, I don't know if his parents taught him that or what, but he's like, I'm just going to work hard and good things will happen. I'm not going to think too much. The way he talks about the X's and O's, the way he talks about playoffs, the way he talks about contract negotiations, he's like, I just want to win. I just want to play well. And I want my teammates to play well. And like other guys can say that, but he really, really means it. And so, yeah, I was blown away. No, he's well, very well spoken and honest. It was it was a complete 180 from just the snoozers we've had lately. Yeah. So it was it 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 just re, it was refreshing. I want to do more interviews now because we there's a streak of just I I'm I'm sorry listener. The listeners might love it. I don't know, you know, because there's many times where Tim and I are interviewing players and we have a side chat going on. And I'll just write them. This is incredibly boring. Yeah. I'm, I'm like are you as bored as i am right now but i don't know maybe it's because i played and i don't want to hear all these mundane stories or this and that but i just seth was a breath breath of fresh air very very good to see him they lost last night to the national predators you see soros how many saves did he get 47 like, 50, no 57 like, yeah close to 60 i think and uh, effort by him yeah all right i think he's had the record for saves in a game for that franchise is in regulation too, which yeah. shouldn't happen. Shouldn't happen. All right, let's. Just, you know what? One more thing in that podcast with Seth. When I asked him the World Juniors, I, I was even talking to my wife about this. I went home and I never talk about the podcast with my wife. I brought him up and I brought up his answer to the World Junior Championships because I thought it was sincere. It showed a little vulnerability, and it just he used it and he meant it. And he's like, I. I Started on the first line with Kirby Doc, and I gradually went second, third, fourth. I, I'm off the team. Like that's got a sting. You come into camp and you're on the first line. You got lackadaisical. You got comfortable, and then Bing, 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 gone. You're off the team. It's it's it was a pretty remarkable answer. I, I really enjoyed it. When 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 we saw that, like a 13th overall pick, Team Canada did not make it. I would have assumed like, oh, there was some kind of injury or like some kind of scheduling thing or whatever. The team wouldn't let him go. And for him to like, yeah, to, to the story to be, he's like, wasn't good enough at camp. And for him to talk so openly about it, I was really surprised. Like, yeah. I didn't think that was the way was, that answer was going to go. Really introspective. Very good answer. Speaking of the World Junior Championships, they wrapped up last night, Tim. Very exciting gold medal game. Team Canada, Czech Republic, 2-2 tie going into overtime. Team Canada wins it in overtime. First overtime t- period, Dylan Guntier scores. The Gunther? 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 Who cares? Gunther, I like that name. I don't know. <laughs> All right, Team Canada wins. What do you think of the whole tournament? Good, bad, doesn't matter. What did you think about it? I liked it. I, I didn't watch that many games, like start to finish, but I was following with the highlights and the clips and all that stuff the whole way. Um, I liked it. These kids are just so so good. Like, do you? I know like perspectives, a hard thing to measure, but like, do you, can you actively see how much better these kids are than when you were 18? Not you personally, but the world juniors when you were 18? Or well, is it- 
here's here's the thing. I, I think Team Canada has always been that good. Yeah, it's the other countries yeah. that have they have closed the gap. Team Canada used to walk through the preliminaries. They used to walk through the quarterfinals, and then once they got to the semis, then they would have to try a little harder. It's the other countries that are slow. The the, the Switzerland's, the Latvia's, the Czech Republic's, the Slovakia's. Russia's always good. Sweden, Finland are always competitive. Everybody's better. Everybody's a threat. And I, I found all the teams were good. They high end talent everywhere. Team Canada obviously is still the creme de la creme, but it's not a given anymore. Where when I was growing up, I think they won seven of eight. Like it was just silly how good they were. But what I took away from this tournament is just everybody knew how good Connor Bedard was coming into this tournament. Everybody was talking about him. He was going to be the number one overall pick. He he exceeded expectations as high as they were set coming into this tournament. All eyes were on him. It reminded me of when McDavid was in the World Juniors. It, it was just that that type of feel. In Halifax, he went out and he just completely dominated. To the point where it, he could do no wrong, especially after the first game when they lost to the Czech Republic, who they just beat in the gold medal final. Everyone was questioning him. They did the Michigan attempts the first period. Oh, what do we expect from this team? They went back, they regrouped, they won, they ran the table. During that gold medal final, everybody was talking about Bedard, Fanatilli, the Czech Republic had a guy, Edward Sale, very good young players. All of these three are draft eligible. All of these three will be picked in the top seven or eight, probably top five after this tournament, the way Edward Sale played. And I'm just sitting there, I'm going, okay, these kids are going to be drafted. In the top seven, say, in the whole world, these three kids, in this year's World Junior Championships tournament, Fanatilli and Sale each got five points and six points, and he's they're going to be a top five pick. Fanatilli's projected to go number two, Tim. So he's the second overall pick projected right now in the NHL. He got five points in this tournament. Connor Bedard got 23. Five times as many almost points as Fantilli did. Five. Fantilli. It's, it's insane how good Connor Bedard is. Can you wrap your head around that? These three kids are going to all be picked potentially the top five. Bedard doubled their points combined. That's he. He's the next one. He will be the next one once he hits the NHL next year. He's that good. He's a generational transformative player. I, you can't convince me he's not. Even little plays when he's on a back check and there's a 50-50 puck and he dives. The puck somehow comes off his stick perfectly. Saucer passes over the defenseman's stick to give somebody on Canada a breakaway. He did it earlier on in, the I think, the Swiss game where he just like flipped his stick over and hit it with the toe of his stick perfectly, which is impossible to do. The toe of your stick is not as wide as the puck. It's amazing that the skill level that this kid has. O'Neill was talking about at the intermission with Duffy and Gino Oretta or whoever else was there. And I totally agreed with him. This kid's the stick play, his hand play, his little plays. You get the puck on the half boards and you make a little chip pass. It's elite already. It's unbelievable. His vision. He's, Gosh, whoever gets him is uh, they can lock. Well, then the same thing was said about McDavid. So in the Edmonton Oilers still 
are nowhere near a Stanley Cup, but this kid is special. I don't know. Am I overselling it? No, I've been following, like I said, and there's a lot of articles, especially in the last, you know, the final two games, the last 72 hours, and a lot of articles, a lot of tweets basically have a similar headline. They're like, Connor Bedard is good. Is he really this generational talent? Yes. Connor Bedard, should we pump the brakes on the hype? No, it's like he actually is worth every bit of this conversation that we're having and, and the hype that he's getting. And what's cool is that he's also humble, too. So Canada wins last night and he was asked about his performance and he said, I don't want to talk about myself. We aren't talking about me. We just won the biggest tournament in the world. I love this team. I love this country. There's a lot of guys that would have an ego with him. And I feel like especially for someone like like LeBron, like he's been the best player in the world since he was 12 years old. Everyone knew who he was for his whole life. And Bedard's been similar, and he doesn't seem to have, and part of it's a hockey culture thing, but he doesn't seem to have a big ego. He doesn't seem, he, it's all about the team. He probably could have put up more points. Some of those points were in blowout games, but if he was doing anything he wanted on the ice, and he didn't. A lot of assists, I just, he's, he's a special player, special kid. Stupid LeBron. On his birthday, <laughs> I think he, he just turned like 37, and he went out and he scored 47 points, or he had a big night. And he's, he's getting interviewed up. He's great. He's a great player. Top three of all time basketball in, in a lot of people's opinion. The reporter goes, how was your night? What did you think? Is it a special, you know, special night for you? Your birthday, you get the win. You scored 40 some points. And he goes, well, I've been scoring 30 and we haven't been winning. So I figured I'd try 40. It's like, you're such a douche. Like you're just such a dick. You know what I mean? Just, just compliment your team. Like, you know what I mean? Don't, I figured I'd score. Anyways, this isn't a basketball podcast, but if there's one guy who just, yeah, him and Jack Edwards, I tell you what, cut from the same cloth, those two. It's just embarrassing. (laughs) All right, moving on. It happened again. The all-star games rolling around every single year. It does January all-star games in February. I always get the calls this year. It jacked up a little bit. Because Gary decided to make a change. I was in the All-Star game in 2016. I don't know. I don't like to talk about it. The reason I got in, surprisingly, was I was voted in by the fans. A lot of people are surprised by that. I didn't get in on merit alone. It was mostly by the fans. After that All-Star game, Gary and his stooges decided we don't want that to happen again. So they put in a rule. You're not allowed to vote players in anymore. It's going to be decided by the writers and the players and this and that and whoever. Well, lo and behold, no one watches the damn game anymore because it's not fun. The players go out there. They try a little bit. There's nothing to really show up for. They've been trying all these fancy things for the skills competition. They're shooting over bales of hay and they're going from the upper deck mezzanine. They're bringing in female hockey players are trying to spice it up. They're bringing it. They're trying everything not working no one's watching the game so what are we going to do let's go back to the well fans get to vote in players again my phone's blowing up people want to talk to me how do you feel about this i don't care they should have just left it in they should have never made a rule it should have just always been there it was a fun thing yes it worked out for me maybe someone else could fall flat on their face i don't know but that's the big story that's the big story fans get to vote in how many players 12 yeah, so they released the basically half of the rosters. Um, 
yesterday last night and then or maybe more than more than half and there's a new voting format and so the first john scott rule was we're never doing the voting thing again the second john scott rule was you have to be an nhl player to make the nhl team which like which makes sense you know like who would have thought they would have needed that rule this what happened in 2016 was exceptional and now there's a new basically quote-unquote john scott rule where you have to be active in nhl (laughs) NHL players, meaning everyone's like, okay, let's bring John Scott back again. Let's make it happen. He's like, no, no, no. Because Bettman is going to be very, very careful. There's like 50 lawyers betting the rules of this thing because he's not letting it happen again. Uh, which is, you ever see, uh, you ever watch Always Sunny? No. Uh, and there's uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. There's a scene where like one of the guy comes out of the basement of the bar. He's like, all right, it's finally done. I'm working on my musical. I'm ready to do the musical. And they're like, you wrote a musical? And they're like, yeah, no one just writes a musical for no reason. He goes, no, I wrote it. And they're like, okay, who's the target? Who are we doing it against? Who versus? And then this is making me think of the same, like, okay, we're letting the fans vote again. Okay, who's the target? Who versus? Who, who are we doing this to? Because it's like the same exact thing is going to happen if they're not careful. And I feel like they won't let it happen again. But who knows? Well, no, the the same thing will happen, right? And there will be, and I and I hate to slight people because it happened to me, and I absolutely hated it. Who's the next me that they're going to vote in? Who's the guy that the fans are going to say, "All right," because they're going to do it, Tim. They're going to try. They will succeed, right? Because how are you going to stop them? I don't. I don't know what the transparency is like for the voting process. If they can't, I don't know. But the. They will do it again. But anyways, it's funny that you have to be an eligible NHL player because I thought I was like, I'm going to get this vote again. Okay. <laughs> yeah, start stretching. Start <laughs> we got to get going. But let's go over who made it in. So every team has their pick already. We got some slight maybe controversy. Maybe uh, we would have gone a different direction. But why don't you ping down all 31 teams? Or do you want to do all 31 or no? Well, I, I want to come up a, a few noteworthy ones because some okay. are like we don't have to talk about McDavid or, or Kachuk or whatever. But um, so we have, I think, 11 first timers guys making it for the first time. Some of these are surprising. So Linus Allmark, Logan Thompson, not well, surprising. Let's, let's just go one by one. Allmark, surprised for the Bruins making it? No, he's like 22 and one or something like no, not a no Charlie, no Charlie Mac. No, if they have another, it'll be pasta. Pasta. But, um, yeah, and again, he'll probably be one of those 12. Same with like Dreisaitl. Like he should be there. They only have one from each team, so it's McDavid. But I bet he's another one that they Here's the question in. with this voting. I don't know the parameters around it. Some fan bases are more passionate than other fan bases, correct? Yeah. What if, what if we get the first 31? I think there's six or seven or eight already per side, per division. What is that? Eight, eight yeah, eight guys. So they're getting four more players or three more players. What if a fan base just votes in three more guys from that team? You know what I mean? And this rocks to vote. And then you get three more Bruins. It's totally possible. It is. And I think they probably could make a case for six or seven more Bruins should make the all-star team. Not just because kidding. there should but, be a case that not everybody from every team should make it. I, I think and, that's a legit case. And this is why I don't think they'll make the the voting public like they did in 2016. Like they're not going to let you see the results. I'm guessing. And if they do, I don't know if I believe them. You know, um, because that because that could happen. And you could have like Toronto, right? Toronto's gonna they're gonna try to get all their big four, maybe even Nylander yeah. in the in the All Star game. So 
I don't know. All right. Linus Allmark, Logan, Logan Thompson from the Knights. Those are the two goalies. Who else are for first timers here? Uh, Andrei Svechnikov in Carolina. Kevin Hayes, which is an interesting one because uh, we talked about Travis Konechny. Has more goals, more points. Hasn't made the all-star team either. Younger. Probably the future of the franchise. I don't know why Kevin Hayes makes it over him. That one's a little bit of a head scratcher. And then similarly, Brock Nelson. Um, Barzal has more points than him. And he's like the young, handsome, marketable player on that team. I like Brock Nelson. I like Kevin Hayes. And I, it's cool for them, but just kind of surprising picks. I almost wonder if certain guys bowed out or whatever. I think Barzal's probably been an all-star before, mm-hmm. um, which makes sense. Cage Thompson. Love that. That was an obvious one. Kevin Fiala, LA Kings, probably probably an obvious one. And then a uh, friend of the show, Josh Morrissey, another first-timer. Uh, that was a no-brainer. So... Well, um, I, don't, I guess if you take if you take Olmark and you take Thompson, you can't take Hellebuck, right? Because Hellebuck's the guy. So Hellebuck doesn't make the All Star game now. Well, yeah, you're not going to bring three unless goals. he's one of those guys. Yeah, well, sometimes they do. No, you don't. They never do. So, okay, another one that was surprising for me, we talked about how how much Rantanen's carrying the team, and he's also played every game, whereas, I mean, Kale McCarr is obviously incredibly, he's incredible, but he's missed some time, and it's been Rantanen's team this year, and they picked McCarr over him. I think it probably has to do, again, with marketability, but I would imagine, I have to believe that Rantanen's going to be one of those uh, one of those 12 additions. So we're at Pasternak, Drysaddle, Rantanen, those guys should all be there, maybe Hellebuck. Um, and then, so Torts got asked about this uh, Hayes over Konechny or Konechny getting snubbed. Do you want to read his quote? You want to see he's, what a, he he's a gem. He honestly is a gem. Imagine, imagine living with him. <laughs> yeah. You know, what do you want for dinner, honey? Do you want chicken or steak? I don't give a crap. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I care about that doesn't even mean anything to me so anyways dad i got an a minus on my paper you couldn't get an a you couldn't get an a you couldn't work a little harder think i care what you kid i don't care what you so he 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 gets asked about the snubbing of connectney and he goes that whole weekend i don't even watch it i don't give an sh fill in the rest it's it's fan (laughs) hockey sticks he double hockey stick it's fantastic it did you ever in school with a group of people never half the room half the room would go shh and the other half it (laughs) (laughs) we would do that and so the teacher would lose his mind we would be like five on one side five on the other in the middle of like a quiet little time we go shh then we'd wait (laughs) <laughs> i was in the front row asking everyone to be quiet so I you <laughs> nerd alert you probably no, were but it i like this it's fun tortorella he just he's that's his role he's the grinch who stole christmas he's like this, this isn't for real why should i care about it i'm not going to comment on any of this stuff it doesn't affect my team whatsoever but i'll tell you what it does these guys know the all-star game is coming they want to be put on the all-star team. It's a big deal for a player to be recognized. So Konechny is a little sore right now. I guarantee you it is. He is. Kevin Hayes knows he doesn't deserve it. It's an uncomfortable situation. So, yeah, I, Torts, it's a typical Torts response. I love it. It's fantastic. But 
guys do want to make the team unless you've been in it like seven or eight or nine times. And it's just old hat and you don't want to go and you want to spend time with your friends or family on vacation. But for the most part, guys want to go. Josh Morrissey, he wanted to go. Tage Thompson is excited right now. Rasmus Dahlin for the Sabres is upset. He wanted to be voted in. And now that these spots are gone and fans only get to vote four spots in, those guys won't get to go. Buffalo is a good market. I don't know if they can compete with Boston and Toronto. I really don't. So it's just, it's one of those things where guys care and maybe it's just towards. I I love it. So Eric, Eric Carlson was the guy for the Sharks. No surprise there, but I bet, I don't know if he would have thought it, but I think everyone else would have thought he played his last all-star game. Right. Right. Yeah. Now he's back in. So maybe he is excited, even though it's his like seventh appearance or something. No, guys, enjoy it. It's it's a fun weekend. And yes, you lose out on going on vacation. I as soon as the we get the schedule at the beginning of the season, my wife and I would boom, book tickets right away. We would have our <laughs> vacation. <laughs> Seriously. Did you cancel ever... anything in 2016? Did you have no because booked? she was pregnant? Oh, right. She was yeah. about so we were we were actually planning on going back to Traverse City to have the babies. So yeah, we had everything ready to roll. We're like, we're going back to Traverse. We're going to have these babies and I'm going to have a couple days off. It's going to be, it, it was going to work out perfectly. And it, it, obviously plans change and it worked out fine, but yeah, we were going back home, but usually we are just booking Hawaii. We'd go, we'd go to Mexico. We'd figure out where other guys are going. We do Colorado. We went one year when we were with the Hawks, we went um, like jets or not just uh, snowmobiling. A lot of fun. Jake Dowell, Seabrook, Turkle. It was a blast. Absolute blast. But anyways, all-star game, very exciting. Um, 12 players. When's the actual game? It's, when is it? Who knows? I don't even know. At the end of February? End of January. Beginning of February? Another cool note, both of the Kachucks are on it. And because they're in the same division now, they'll be on the same team, which I bet they haven't done in a long time. So that's good for them. You know, Keith will be happy. He will be happy. All right. We got some quick hits. Let's talk to actual hockey news. The Pittsburgh Penguins, Tim. What has happened to them? They've lost six straight games. They've fallen completely out of the playoff picture in the competitive Eastern Conference. You can't have. This isn't the Pacific. This isn't the Western Conference when you can just lay an egg for two weeks and then all of a sudden wake up and you're like, oh, I'm still in the playoff picture. The Penguins are in the Metropolitan Division. If you lose two, three, four in a row, you find yourself in sixth, seventh, eighth place. And that's where they are. They're in sixth place in the Metro. I think they're in 10th or 11th in the East. What is going on with the Pittsburgh Penguins all of a sudden? They started so, so hot. They're avoiding injuries as far as I know. What's happening, Tim? Yeah, I'm going to answer that question. But before I do real quick, you should know every time you bash the Pacific Division, there are people that listen, that support teams in that division, that know hockey, that want to pull their hair out every time you say that there aren't good teams in that division. We get tweets about it sometimes. People, Not everyone agrees time. with that. Yeah. Well, okay. Okay. Look at the Pacific. Anaheim. Yeah. And listen. I don't want to insult anybody. This is why feeling should not be a part of this. This is a straight, is my team good or not? Anaheim, San Jose, Vancouver, Chicago. I guess I'm doing the whole West. I'll just do the Pacific. Anaheim, San Jose, Vancouver. Those three teams versus the three bottom teams in the Metro. Columbus, Philly, and Pittsburgh. 
there's a there's a vast difference between the three bottom teams and the three bottom teams of the Metro. Columbus, Philly, and Pittsburgh are competitive team. Maybe not Columbus. Philly's a gamer. Pittsburgh is a Pittsburgh is 19 and 13, you guys. They have 19 wins and 13 losses. <clears throat> They're third last. Vancouver is under 500. And they're in third last. The Pacific is not a strong division. I'm sorry. I what do you, I'm not lying. I'm not here to bash the Pacific. I played for San Jose. I love that city. I was born in Edmonton. I'm not here to bash the Pacific. I could do the same about the Central. Chicago, Arizona are very bad. They they would lose to a lot of KHL teams. They're a very bad hockey team. You look at the bottom two teams in the Atlantic, Montreal, Florida. Who are you taking? Montreal, Florida, or Chicago and Arizona? It's just, it is what it is. It'll change in five years. I'll be bashing the Atlantic. So don't get upset. I'm just stating the facts. People get so tied up in their emotions. I'm emotionally tied to my team. I get it. I was like that with the Bills for years. Uh, AFC East, they said it's to Tom Brady's a cheater, this and that. It's fine. But the Pens are out of the playoff picture. Do they have any chance, Tim, of climbing back? Why? First of all, why have they lost so many games in a row? Is it just the competition? What's going on? Yeah, it's a little bit of everything. It's kind of a head scratcher because they've been pretty healthy this year. And that's been an issue for them in the past. Krause is having a good year. Malkin's having a pretty good year. Latang has been the big kind of missing component. He's missed some time to injury. His dad died last week, so he's on the uh, personal leave right now. But he hasn't even when he been in the lineup, he hasn't been much of a factor for them, and whether it's on the putting up points or whatever. So uh Yari hasn't been great uh, this year. So that that could be a big part of it, the goaltending him into Smith. But I don't really know because like you said, they're 19, 13, and six. So I guess if you add that all together, that's that's five hundred. But in the NHL stats, like that's a winning record. And they're plus eight on the year, they're 10, 4, and 4 at home. They're a good team. Uh, the problem is the Islanders have been craw- crawled out of the basement. And so they've won a bunch of games in a row, not in a row, but a bunch of games recently. And the Islanders are two points ahead of them. The good thing with Pittsburgh, they've got two games in hand. So I, I still think Pittsburgh's going to be there in the end. And I think they're a team that could steal a playoff round uh, if they if they do make it. But it is kind of, it's a little frustrating for them because they, they should be a better team than this, I think, even with this age, the age that yeah. they have in that group. I don't know. I, I, it, start, it started before Christmas. They lost to Carolina 3-2. Carolina, first place team, right? Legit. Yep. They play Carolina four days later. They lose again. Carolina, Stanley Cup contender. They go to the island. They lose at the island. The Islanders are a good team. They go, to, they go to Detroit. Detroit beats them. Maybe they should have won that game. I don't know. They play the New Jersey Devils. New Jersey Devils are a Stanley Cup contender. They play the Boston Bruins. They lose to the Bruins. The Bruins are a Stanley Cup contender. They play the Vegas Golden Knights. They lose to the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas is a Stanley Cup contender. This will change. They got a hard stretch of hockey out of the way. Now they get they get some cupcakes coming up. They, they mosey over to the Western Conference. They play Arizona. They play Vancouver. They get to play Winnipeg. That's a comparable game. But then they jump back in their conference and they play Carolina again. So it's, it's all schedule. I, I'm not worried about the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're fine. I don't think they're Stanley Cup contenders, Tim. I really don't. But they'll be there. They'll be there in the end. I think, you know, the creme de la creme is slowly rising to the top. It's starting to shake out a little bit. We've got Carolina. 
We got Vegas in the West. I think Colorado will be there once everybody gets healthy. But you, you're starting to figure out who the players are at this point in the season. We got Boston. We got Toronto. We got Tampa Bay. It's like a three-headed monster in the Atlantic. It's been like this for five, six years now with those three teams. Isn't it amazing? No other team has been able to crack that nut with those three teams. <laughs> Buffalo, Detroit, Ottawa, Florida, Montreal. Florida did it real quick, and then they're back down in the basement. It's just a, the longevity of those three teams is really amazing. Because you look any other division. Teams are bouncing around. The Rangers were first last year. New Jersey's jumped up into the top three. Carolina's always been around there. Washington's always in the middle of the pack. Pittsburgh's jumping around. The Islanders are contenders, and they're not. And the recent conference finals for two years in a row, and then they missed the playoffs. And now where are they at? It's pretty neat. Those well, three teams. Man. the tough thing is that no matter what, you're going to have two of those teams playing each other in the first round. And it's usually, I mean, it's, Toronto's lost all of them. It's usually them and either Bruins or Lightning. You got to think they have at least one Stanley Cup final appearance in the last six years if they're in the Western Conference, right? The Leafs? Yeah. Toronto, yeah. Yeah, without yeah. a doubt. They probably win a Stanley Cup in yeah. the last six years if they're in the West. I, I don't know if they win. Who, I don't know if they beat Tampa. We know they can't beat Tampa. It's an easier been road. I think once you get there, it's an easier road to go through the West than it That's is what I mean. They're at least they'll at least have an appearance. Uh, they would have. So, all right. Talking about the Boston Bruins, a big piece of their team is out. Jake DeBrusque. Would you? <laughs> did you ever believe I would say that a big piece of the Bruins' success this year, Jake DeBrusque, is out three <laughs> to four weeks? Is that that's part them? of what makes it so frustrating? He's had such a resurgence this year under Montgomery's on pace for like, I think 37 goals is the number. Um, he broke his fibula. And so you've got two bones in your, in your leg, the tibia and the fibula, the tibia is the shin bone. That's the heavy one, the thicker one. That's the weight bearing one. The fibula is not weight bearing. It usually will hear on its own. It doesn't require surgery. I know because I broke both of them last year. Um, and so the fibula, this is what like Greg Campbell, when he, uh, yeah, John's laughing. Sometimes I, I make jokes and it looks like you spit into a lemon or something. <laughs> um, like when Greg Campbell broke his leg and he could like stay on that on the ice for the shift, it's because he broke the fibula. And so it's not really a huge deal. And I think conservatively, you know, even if it's six weeks, which I think he'll be back sooner, the Bruins will stand pat. They don't need to do anything. That they'll open up technically four million in, in cap space by putting him on the LTIR, but. I don't think they do anything with it because then what do you do when he comes back, you know? Um, and they they started by bringing up um, uh, who did they put in the first line? Zaka, I think. Or no, they put Pasternak on the first line. They brought Zaka up to the second. They just they're so they're so deep that they can do all these things. And Taylor Hall is still on the third line. It's just nuts. Um, so they'll be fine. But it is kind of crazy that you you lose your top line right winger. Like that's what he's been all season long, uh, and they'll still be fine. Yeah, it's been a remarkable kind of turn for him. First major piece of adversity for the Bruins. Yes, I know Marshawn was injured to start the season. He came back early. Grizzlick was out to start the season. He McAvoy. came back. Same, same with McAvoy. This is the first little hiccup that the Bruins have had. They've been remarkably healthy all season long. So we'll see how they they'll be fine. Yeah. I think they still have the horses. Like their first line is still Marshawn Bergeron Pasternak. They're going to do fine. You know what I mean? I think losing Bergeron Marshawn. Pasta obviously would be a massive loss for them. Losing Jake, someone will kind of someone will fill that spot. All right, moving on to the West Coast. Edmonton Oilers, Tim. My word. Who would have thought Evander Kane meant so much to this team? I know Evander's a good player. Don't get me wrong. He really was a big part of this team. 
ever since his injury, and I don't know if it coincides with the injury or not, but it just seems like they can't win a game. They're out of the playoff picture. They're outside looking in a team with the best player in the world, arguably the second best player in the world. They have a losing record at home, Tim. So, which is remarkable. They they're in the playoff picture. They're in well, the they wild the card spot. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting oh, is they're the only team in the playoff spot for either conference that has a losing record at home. And I I feel like I mean I don't want to over oversell this stat. Maybe it doesn't mean anything, but I feel like it's how you play at home is a good indicator because those in the playoffs it matters a lot. Those games, uh, the momentum, the 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 rest, the travel, the the fans, all of that. And they are 10, 11, and 1 at home. You know, it's just still just below 500, but still below 500. And they're the only team, none of them, no one else is even close. You know, you look at uh, even Seattle's 10, 8, and 2. And so, I don't know. Do you think this is a big deal? Do you think they could bite them in the playoffs or, or no? Oh, without a doubt. I think this is a huge deal. You need to win at home. And when you look at the contenders, when you look at the teams that we just talked about, these guys are Stanley Cup contenders. They want to be the Edmonton Oilers. Bruins haven't lost at home in regulation. Toronto has only lost three times at home in regulation. Tampa Bay, they've lost four times at home in regulation. Carolina, four times in regulation. All these teams are Stanley Cup contenders. Dallas, they've lost four. So it's it's imperative to hold court at home, especially during the playoffs. You got to win the first two if you're home ice. That's all you got to do. Keep the pressure. The, what is what do we say, Tim? Series doesn't start until you lose one on the at home. That's it. And if they're going to lose one at home right away. You are in a lot of trouble. And the media is turning on McDavid. I don't know if they listen to this podcast, but I did say, why doesn't he get any critique? It's it's coming. They're getting frustrated with him. They're saying, why is he not holding people accountable? What's going on in that locker room? Why doesn't he say anything? So the momentum is building and it's coming to a head. People are talking about why maybe he gets traded. I, it's crazy town in Edmonton right now. This team needs to win a Stanley Cup. That's that's it. There's no if, ands, or buts about this team. There's no, oh, we had a good season. We won a round. That's fun. They had some success last year. They needed to build on that, and they've regressed. After that really good offseason everybody thought they had, they bring in Jack Campbell. He's been a stinker. Evander Kane's been out for a long time. He's not able to play. I don't know, Tim. Something needs to happen with this team. They need to win a Stanley Cup. You're you're sitting max cap for the Edmonton Oilers, and you're sniffing the bubble. You're the second wild card team right now. It's not good. It's not good enough. Calgary's right behind them, and Calgary has a game in hand. It's getting to the point now where we are talking about games in hand because the season is half done. Like it, we're on the back nine here, everybody. We're 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 racing for the playoffs now. So not looking good for Calgary. They're closer to Vancouver than they are to Vegas. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's a strange, it's more. a strange thing. Who cares? Edmonton. They'll make it and they'll lose in the first round. Moving on. Max Pacioretty. I didn't, after talking to Seth, I didn't realize he was that close to playing again. He, he played last night, Tim. I don't think Seth knew either. I don't think he like reads the bulletins <laughs> or the emails. He just shows up. Okay, Carolina, first place in the East. They're absolutely flying. 
They've been on fuego. Well, not first place in the East, excuse me. Boston's first in the East. First place in the Metro. Bruins lose to Brusque. Lose to Brusque. Carolina Hurricanes gain Max Pacioretty. You can lock him in for 30 goals if he's got a full season. They're slotting him in right now. First, I don't know where they put him. First, second, third line. Did you see where they, they slotted him in last night? I don't know. No. It's amazing where they could. Maybe the third line put him with Stahl and Jesper Fast. Because the first two lines are pretty strong right now as it is. Are the Hurricanes now the, the favorite for the Stanley Cup? They, ha- they have to be. No. Yeah. How how can you pick them over Boston? Because they're getting arguably their best goal scorer back, and they're okay. still like they're still flying. Well, I said the other day that I don't want to play the Hurricanes in the playoffs, and actually I stand by that because I don't like the Bruins against them in seven games. I don't. Yeah, I, this is a different team we've seen from them, but the Hurricanes are just uh, they they've got the Bruins number the same way the Bruins have Toronto midseason guesses who's going to make the Stanley Cup right now gun to your head Tim gun to your head who is it? yeah no I I, I still got to pick Boston and uh, Dallas Boston and Dallas those are my picks wow gosh that's a good pick the West is so wide open it's unbelievable especially if Colorado doesn't get their act together which it doesn't seem like they they've lost three in a row they're, they're in no urgency to try to get their game together so as it stands right now I'm going Vegas. Man. I'm going Toronto. Barking up the tree again. I have to. I, I really do believe in this team. They're very, they're just the goaltenders still very much scare me in Toronto. No one's been talking about it. They haven't been playing great hockey, Toronto. They've been just kind of just chugging along, you know. Win three, lose one, win four, lose one, maybe lose one in overtime. So they're just chugging along steady as she goes. So Patch already started on the fourth line last night and I bet he got a couple shifts higher up and maybe some power play time, but yeah, they're easing him in smart. Why, why? Oh, he did look at, he, he was with Kaki and Emmy and step on Derek step on soon to be friend of the show. <laughs> that was cool. Go check out that tweet. If you haven't seen it. All right, everybody. I think that's enough Tim. anything else. No, no plans for the weekend. Um, having some friends over for dinner tomorrow. Their son is um, going back to college, so we're going to play a little cards tomorrow night and uh, have a little uh, pulled pork pulled pork barbecue, maybe cooler by the fridge. Cooler, cooler in the garage for the graduation party. Stupid joke. Never mind. Move on. Only I get it. It's an inside joke I tried to say on the show. Why, why did I do that? We were joking <laughs> around about graduation parties, and someone made a video about it. And you go and they set up the garage. They put streamers up. There's pulled pork. Let me get a cooler over there by the garage. You got popping water. Sure enough. Yeah. It's a, we'll, we'll edit this out because it's so bad. All right, everybody. <laughs> cut that, cut thank that, cut that. For, thank you for listening. Appreciate the support. Have a good weekend. We will talk to you Monday. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 